Hey, hi, and hello. Welcome to the PHNX Rising Show brought to you by the... Max, what on earth are you doing? I'm doing my best Ronaldo. I was going to do it too, actually. That's <laughs> That'll be me if he actually gets to start tomorrow. But welcome to the PHNX Rising Show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. I'm Ramon Chavez. Joining me today, we got Owen Evans, as always, and taking it to the Max, Max Simpson. How are you guys doing today? You can possibly have sounded less enthusiastic as you said my name there, Ramon. Like, what have I done to you? Because I just know all this, like, Ronaldo slander is coming. So it's... Uh, it's coming. It's coming. I know. I know. That's why I'm like, yes, we have Owen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, happy to be here with y'all. Always a good time with the PHNX Rising Show. And, of course, if you're joining us, make sure to hit that like button. If you haven't subscribed, make sure to subscribe to PHNX Sports. It really helps us out here. And it helps us grow, get more people, and it feeds more energy to the beast that's owing all that hate that he just has for now. It just continues to grow. So make sure to help us out. Just kidding. But, yeah, great show for y'all today. We're going to be talking some World Cup quarterfinals. They start tomorrow. That's going to be a good one. And also, we're going to get to talk to Owen about his experience in Qatar. I want to hear every single detail. I want the receipts. I want everything that you did down to the minute, <laughs> the hour. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you kept notes. So, um, But, yeah, it's going to be a good one. All right, y'all. Ready to get started? No? Let's do it. I think I pissed off to Owen. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's just jump into it. Uh, Croatia versus Brazil. Uh, it's going to be one of the games. We're going to go through all the games. So uh, Croatia, Brazil, we're going to talk about that one first. Can Croatia, does Croatia have any chance against this powerhouse of Brazil? Absolutely. Yes. yes. 100%. You can't. Right, reasons, reasons. They, they, like, something having this pre-tournament experience, like, they did not fare well in the Euros. I know that's going to be the first objection people say, which is totally valid. I get it. It's an older team. It's not necessarily the exact same team that made the final in 2018. Totally concede that. The way that they play with that midfield motors, those trio in the midfield with the with the itches, they are always are going to have a chance. And like I think the way that they control the game, I think Brazil, they don't really have a weakness. But if you are going to point to maybe some of their, I guess, less skillful parts of the field – it might be within that central midfield. It's a long shot, but I think if Croatia is able to win that, you can feed it out, distribute, and go from there. They have a chance. I think the thing about this, more than anything, look, Brazil, do they have more talent in that squad than Croatia do? Absolutely. Absolutely. But when you get to this stage in an international tournament, talent is only a part of the picture. There's a lot of just smarts and kind of just a willingness sometimes to just be negative as well that comes in. And that's something that Croatia certainly know how to do. Um, in general, though, just I, I think that no one who gets to the quarterfinal, you can count out in any way, shape or form. Each of them have gotten here because they've shown their ability to adapt appropriately to the opposition. Look, we're going to talk about them later, but even the weakest team left, Morocco, you could argue, perhaps the weakest team, or Croatia. It's probably one of those two for the weakest teams, mm -hmm. one of whom is the uh, defending runner-up of the World Cup, and the other one uh, saw off Spain a couple of days ago. So these teams, when you get to this point, you can never count any of them out, because uh, if you could, they wouldn't be here. Think about how many teams they've gotten past to get to this point. I mean, Belgium didn't show up, but Croatia got out of a group with, with Belgium in it. The Belgium didn't 
get out of that group. Uh, and they they saw off Japan, who had beaten Germany and Spain en route mm. to this spot. So I don't know. I feel as though it's premature to almost crown any one of these teams, even just for this round as going through, because it's the quarterfinals of the World Cup. No one has a clue. Yeah, yeah. Once you get to this point, that's, you know, these are pretty much the best teams there are. So it's it's going to be interesting uh, tomorrow with this game. Uh, I agree with Max's point about the midfield. You know, I'm interested to see the former Real Madrid teammates, Casemiro and Luka Modric, go at it in the midfield in a World Cup stage. And and Casemiro's been playing really great. And so, and Modric, former Golden uh, Ball d'Or winner. So it's it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be an interesting matchup. I, I feel like Brazil just have a little bit too much firepower for Croatia to handle. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens um, tomorrow. And that game starts at 8 a.m. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a fun one. All I'm right. Taking that, I'm taking the draw in, in 90 minutes for that. Draw 90? Yeah. Yeah, I'm it's, taking it's, draw in 90. I mean, if you look at how Croatia played, I mean, already seeing it against Japan, they do not like to settle things in regular time. They are going – they like to go all the way to pens. I don't know if they have another stretch in them where they can <laughs> take – three of the four knockout games, two pens, but I mean, they did it last world cup and let's see if they can do it again. Key point here. Well, actually there's two. Number one, my man, Charles CWP, he wants Croatia in this matchup. So, I mean, that's already a reason to like him there, but exactly. But second one is very key. They pulled Luka Modric, I believe, Oh gosh, what 195th, 100th minute in that game against Japan. He did not go the full distance. He's still playing 90 plus in that one, but maybe that extra bit of rest gives him just a bit of, of something rather than having to have a 37, 38 year old Luka Modric play a game where he's going to be running against Brazil. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, let's take a look at the odds really quickly from our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Plus 800 for Croatia uh, in regulation and then plus 400 with the draw. That's what Owen Evans is uh, saying will happen. So if you you know want to lose some money, you know, listen to Owen on that. Look, look, all I'm all I'm saying here, all I'm saying more broadly is a plus 400 for uh, it to finish level after 90 minutes or plus 800 for Croatia. You were fair. looking at options that are massively uh, just unfavored there. They, there's no reason that... Croatia should be that much of an underdog going into a World Absolutely. Cup final. Mm. There's I'm, no reason why they should yeah. be that much of an underdog. I know we'll get into the mat, the different odds for each matchup, but like the fact that they are by far almost at by double the biggest underdog in any of these four matchups, that's really surprising to me. I mean, I get that speech to the talent of Brazil, but I think Croatia, even if they lose, they're gonna play them close. Um yeah, man, that, that just that just really surprised me. That's a weird one. We're yeah. not looking at a 6-1, surely. Surely no, this isn't no, going no. to be no. like we and, saw in the last round. And also, by the way, everyone was riding off Morocco against Spain. They were plus 900, and look how that one turned out. You never know with these things. I think uh, Michael had put a, a bet on them, so shout out to Michael. Yeah, 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 so good stuff. Although I'm not um, sure if he only had the 90-minute one, which would have been... I, that's that's the before. one thing I thought he... Ooh. Yeah, I'm not sure if he did. He'll... Have to chime in on that one. Tell yeah. us in the chat, Michael. Let us know. Let us know. But yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting one. I'm predicting a three-one for Brazil. 
that's what I'm going with tomorrow. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, moving on. Netherlands versus Argentina. All right. Uh, Netherlands plus 260. Uh, draw plus 220. And Argentina plus 125. That's interesting. There's some interesting odds right there from our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, kind of looking at this, if you look at through the tournament, Argentina has gotten better in each game that they played. But you can make you can kind of make the argument that Netherlands they have as well. Maybe the scoreline doesn't reflect that, but I mean, I think they were they were pretty do- they were had a two was it two nil uh, win against Senegal in their opening match. But then after that, they just played dominant, and I think they got better every game. These are two teams who are trending upwards. I don't know. I mean, listen, everyone I think is putting stock in Argentina with the whole Lionel Messi last saga, but I would not be surprised. And I might end up taking it. I might take Netherlands in this matchup. Um, I think that their attack, the way that they play, play gives them a much more methodical and more ways to win versus in Argentina. They have more pieces than just Messi, but I think their attacking style, it's pretty much like, you have to. You can only go forward. Whereas Netherlands, they have that bit of like Dutch flair. They can play a bit on the counter. They can play a bit of possession style. They just have more ways they can beat you. I think it's worth noting. You mentioned there that Argentina have felt like they've improved every uh, game. But seriously, now let's let's talk about this. Both of these sides faced what are realistically, whether the American fans watching would like to admit this or not, second tier nations <coughs> in the last round. They did. They did. They did not play elite countries that are ultimately fighting for the title. They played those next tier down kind of countries. However, who would you say really had the better of their round of 16 game between the Dutch beating the US 3-1, the Argentinians beating Australia 2-1? Who do we think had the best of those games? Oh, without a doubt, it was the Dutch. I mean, zero. To, yeah. to me, I don't, think, I don't even think it was that close. I mean, Argentina, I think they could have had chances to pull away further. But, like, they let the Australia hang around. And towards the end, you could have thought it could have been 2-0. Even when we, versus when we were at Four Peaks, I hate admitting it, but, like, even after U.S. pulled a 2-1, we're thinking, like, barring a miracle, this game is is over. So, I mean, yeah, the Dutch looked much more convincing. Yeah, so well. Argentina and, could have given that up at the end. They yeah. really could have given that up at the end. It could have gone to extra time. Um, they were a little bit sloppy at the back. They did give away a few chances late. And ultimately, for a, a team like Argentina, if they're on this title run that people seem to think they are with Lionel Messi, you'd expect them to put in a better performance against a side like Australia because it only gets more difficult from there. And that's what they're seeing now coming up against the Dutch in the next game. Now, if the Dutch are as incisive as they were against the US, the Argentinians have some problems to deal with there. Um, the kind of opportunities they gave away to Australia, they will not be able to give away to the Dutch because the Dutch will make them pay. And for that reason, I'm really on the fence on this one. I think this has the the makings of what could be the best of the quarterfinals, to be honest. Uh, you guys want to hear some facts here or about this match? Because uh, Let's throw us some facts. Let's throw us some facts. Come on. Let's uh, go. This is the sixth World Cup meeting between the Netherlands and Argentina. All right. Only Brazil and Sweden uh, have played more against each other than Argentina uh, in Argentina versus Germany. So a little fun mm-hmm. fact there. 
But okay. the Netherlands have only lost one of their nine meetings with Argentina in all competitions. So they won four, they drew four, and their uh, their last meeting was in 2014 in that World Cup semifinal, which Argentina won in penalties. So the the meeting between these two teams, it kind of favors the Dutch historically, but most recently Argentina got the better of them, but that was in penalties after a 0-0 draw. So make that what you will. Um, and uh, let's see, one more here. Uh, yeah, the last times that, you know, uh, Argentina has been knocked out, has been by all by European nations. So not, not good history there for Argentina. If that's, if those tell you anything. So, uh, it's going to be tough, man. It's, uh, I don't think this is going to be, you know, an easy game for Argentina. And I'm scared that if Leo Messi is not playing up to the, you know, the way that he's been playing this tournament, there's no one else. And, you know, Lautaro Martinez is not playing well. Uh, Enzo Fernandez, I think is the only guy that's been really kind of, above everyone else, mm-hmm. it's going to be tough if, if Leo Messi doesn't bring his magic once again. And that's a serious point to make here because Lionel Messi is not the player now, I don't believe, that is capable of picking this team up and carrying them all the way. In an individual game, perhaps, yeah. but not all the way. There's too much talent in the World Cup. He is just, he's getting on, right? He's not quite as past it by the looks as, as Ronaldo appears to have been as has been exposed wow. in this tournament. Yeah. We're starting the Ronaldo slander early, but but he's not, I think, capable of picking this team up, putting them on his back and taking them all the way without help elsewhere. I just don't think that he has enough left in him yeah. to be that player anymore. And it comes to everyone. That's not a slight on him, right? He's coming towards the end of his career. Yeah. And it's been a very decorated career, but he needs help. And he needs help from the others to actually step up and help get them over the line. Because to me, maybe, just maybe he has enough in him to carry them over in another game. But I don't think they get past the semifinals if, the rest of the team doesn't step up to support him. It's an interesting thing because I almost kind of play off of that. Of I think Messi is very important to this team. He is their most important player. But I also don't think it's quite like Messi, Argentinian teams in the past where everything has to go through him. He does have talent around him. He does have people who can pick up the slack. And I think if you actually look at this from a tournament perspective, yes, Messi has bagged a couple goals. But I think he hasn't been overwhelmingly influential as he has been in other world cups. Now here's the caveat. When you get to a knockout stage like this against a quality team, like the Dutch side, he has to step up. And I, I still don't think it has to run entirely through him, but I think that he has to be a bit more of that big game performer. To me, it comes down to the margins for for Argentina are razor thin. They have to be on their best game and they really have had to for really all of their matches, even the ones that they've won Netherlands, I don't think we've even seen their best soccer. I think it was close to it against the U.S., but that to me is scary. And I think to me that's why, like, if you take away the fantasy of, hey, Messi's last run, let's get to the the Argentina-Brazil matchup. When you really take that away, I think this is just flat out a Netherlands team that plays pretty close to close with talent, but at the very least it is going to be a team that I think they're just running smoother. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I'll add one more wrinkle before we uh, we uh, take off from this matchup. Angel Di Maria, he's injured. He did not play in the last game. He has some history with the Dutch uh, coach, Louis van Gaal. He kind of, he's been very vocal about that, saying that his time at Manchester United when van Gaal was there was one of the worst times of his career. And uh, 
you know, if he's ready to go, which we don't know yet if he's going to be 100 percent, that's going to be an interesting, uh, you know, kind of wrinkle to this game, because I know Di Maria wants to kind of, you know, throw the little heart that he does when he scores <laughs> in front of the, the Dutch bench. So that'd be interesting as well. But we'll see what happens tomorrow. Uh, that game taking to be place. Fair, to be fair, if you did have to play for Manchester United, I suppose it would break. Nice. <laughs> Let's get out. Revenge game, baby. <laughs> uh, okay. Moving on to Saturday's games, 8 a.m. Morocco versus Portugal. This is the third ever meeting between the two sides. Uh, the first one came in 1986. Portugal won that one three to one. And then their last one actually happened in the last World Cup where they were actually in the same group. In 2018, and that one, Portugal won one to zero. So a little bit of history there between the two sides, but I think this is a completely different Moroccan side from 2018. And they're currently on a five-game uh, unbeaten streak in the World Cup in World Cup games. So uh, take that, make that what you will. You want the really unscientific um, <laughs> analysis? They're not involved. Portuguese Although... used up their goals. The Portuguese used up their goals in you that think last so. game. Okay. Man, <laughs> you, you you all know what that's like. We've all seen it plenty of times. A team that just goes scoring for fun one game and then comes back the next game and just they can't do it. They just can't find it. And it's got that written all over it to me. It's got Portugal to me don't have more than a goal in them going into this game. I almost feel the question is, can they get that goal? And if they can get it, how impactful is it going to be? Is it going to be a goal to win it? Is it going to be a goal to draw? Or are the Moroccans got maybe something else up the sleeve that we aren't quite expecting? But again, I'm not expecting Morocco to come out and be a particular threat in front of goal themselves. I'm expecting them to be organized. I'm expecting them to be a team that are willing to absorb pressure um I'll ultimately try and catch you on the break. And maybe they'll have a little bit of success with that. But I don't know. I'm I, I'm intrigued to see. And of course, the other thing you can't really escape when you are Portugal is all the circus around. A you don't believe all some this would stuff. Say really? is you don't player. believe all the stuff that's coming out of the camp, right? But you're in like the you're center of it. Though. Though. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. You're in the center of it. That's not easy. But I, that's that. I feel like to that team, they're so used to it. You know, Ronaldo's a walking circus, man. Wherever he goes, it's gonna. It's like you know, like LeBron. You know, when he switches teams, you know the circus is coming to town. You know, so if Ronaldo's part of yeah, your team, yeah, but you don't you know, know how it. much of your camp is being leaked to Piers Morgan, do you? I mean, oh my <laughs> that's not even the case, man. And I, I don't like that, man, because people people can literally like I can go on Twitter and say Ronaldo. Is mad at Bruno Fernandes because he didn't help him sign or stay at Man U, and that will blow up because it just seems like it fits the narrative. You know, it, we don't know what's going on in that camp. Obviously, Ronaldo's not happy about not starting. We all know that. But for these media outlets to constantly just come up with, "Hey, he's going to this new club for two hundred million a year. He's doing this. He's doing that." It's just to rock the team and create controversy. I mean, he's ready to retire in Saudi Arabia. By the sounds, I mean that's a. It's really the like I'm hidden tired retirement. Of it, man. Let this man play. We know he's not what he used to be. Let him play, and you know what happens happens. Why let him play? They won the last game six one without him. Why let him play? <laughs> Do they need him? Or is this some kind of daft nostalgia tour? Like whenever America goes, I know we need to massively overpay on a guy in his late 30s because we think that, you know, he's earned it. No, if you're not 
at your peak, <laughs> why are you insisting on having a, a spot on the pitch? Why yeah, is Cristiano Ronaldo insisting on now. having a spot on the pitch? Is yeah. he is is he the best player they have available for that spot right now? Right Ren- now, is he the best player? Ronaldo in over, I believe it's three hundred plus no- minutes of knockout soccer in the World Cup. Goose egg knockout goals. Ramos, the twenty-one-year-old phenom for Benfica, three goals in fifty minutes. His performance was electric. But you guys yeah. don't think it was a different lineup that kind of helped things? Because Fernando Santos doesn't play. He doesn't yeah, it was a different lineup play. without yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo. If you watch Portugal, Fernando Santos does not let these guys play. That's why Jao Felix struggles yeah. when he plays with Portugal. That's why Bruno Fernandes sometimes struggles. He doesn't let these guys be free. In their last game, they, they didn't play with their usually like two holding midfielders. It was just Carvalho. And then uh, uh, Bernardo Silva. So he kind of let these guys go loose. And that's what happened. You got six goals out of it. Now, does Ronaldo to blame for that? Probably not. Would they maybe score that many goals? I don't know. But I don't think we can kind of just pinpoint it on him. It's the tactic. It's the coach trusting his guys a little bit more. Now, will he do that with Morocco? I don't think so. I don't think he'll play the way that he did against Yeah, I mean, when he's on the pitch, the the offense more or less, it goes through him. And if he's performing, fantastic. He just hasn't been – at that level, I think, like we said, the Swiss, I mean, they literally, there was holes in that defense bigger than the Swiss, the Swiss cheese. Like, come on, that's a thing. Oh it was my. just not a good performance. Yes, I dropped it again. Now against Morocco, it's going to be a much tighter game. I do like the draw. I mean, I think Morocco, like they are, my gosh, they look, made Spain look absolutely average. Um, I, there's no way you can't start Ramos after that performance like there's no way i don't care if it was the swiss i don't care if it was a different formation tactics whatever you got to go through him i think if this game is nil nil going into the second half you will put ronaldo in at some point but i just i i think you give them a big leash let them propel them by the momentum but i think this one does go to draw i would even say right now i think this goes to pence i think this will actually be a very entertaining nil nil match and in in almost from an opposite perspective from Netherlands, Argentina, where that's going to be all attacking. I think there will be spurts here and there, but I think this is one is going to be a chess piece that is one in the defense. I'm very excited for this one. This also might be one of the better ones all weekend long or all Friday. There's a, ser- a serious question now, and this is the, the question. You think it goes to a, a kicks from the mark. Here is the the real question in this Cristiano Ronaldo is in the middle of look I know you said he's always in the middle of a circus Ramon and you're not wrong he normally is in the middle of some kind of circus but this feels different this feels like it's people questioning if he's done uh people actively wanting him out of the Portuguese side in a way that's perhaps a little bit different than what we've seen in the past. With all of that weighing on his mind, and the fact, of course, he was dropped for the last game, with all of that weighing on his mind, if he has to step up to take a penalty, is he actually going to make it? Yeah. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. But here's the thing. If he misses it and they lose to Morocco... What kind of an impact does that have on... That's probably the last kick he's ever taken for Portugal. The way things are looking right now, it's probably the last kick he ever takes he for said Portugal. He, play, he wants to play How the Euros. How much does that sour... Oh. 
Yeah, well, he can say what the hell he likes. It doesn't make any difference if he's not getting. Well, you can have as many hypotheticals. If he's going to go play in Saudi, if he goes to play in Saudi Arabia, do you honestly think he's going to play some role in Portugal in the year? You feel like that? Yeah, Ronaldo's an incredible, huge piece of this team, but I think it's a bit disrespectful to Portugal itself and the players by saying, "If Ronaldo's not here, then we're better than him." And if Ronaldo is with him, then we suck. Like, that's not, you can't put that much, like, on him. It's not. But should he be does... there? Should he be there at this point? Yeah. Like, that, that's the question. There. Should he be on the field? Worst case scenario, he's a super sub. If we're, if we're <laughs> questioning that now, yeah. where are we going to be in 18 months' time when this guy could be playing? We have no idea where he could be playing. He could very well be playing in a complete second-rate league that he's only at because people are willing to chuck money at him. Okay, yeah. you don't just play the Saudi league by choice. Let's be honest, you don't. You do not choose to go to Saudi Arabia to play unless they're throwing a lot of money at you. Unless they're throwing a lot of money at you, it is not a glamorous league. He already said he's so not going there. He is he really so. going? Yo, where on earth else is he going? Like the only people who are putting money down on the table at this point. Of course, he's saying no because he wants other people to come in with bids. Yeah, but if that's the only well, option on the table. Welcome to the PHNX Ronaldo podcast. Um, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I got just a, a, a take that is going to absolutely piss off both of you. Um, I think in this stage of his right, career. Just, no, 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 Max. No, 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 Max. If you're just going to wind us both up, then. And, and older, a little more talented, but more dramatic, Gareth Bale. In the role that he has, could be a super sub. Talented, he is good for a goal, especially in those dire moments where you need to. But I don't think he's that guy where you can start him and build your attack around him. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, okay. I don't think Owen's happy with that one, but I know he's not. He's stewing. He's stewing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, just the let me me just clarify. Can you just repeat that one more time? The actual full, the original line. I feel Max. this is gonna. I feel this is gonna get out. Just repeat Undoing it one more time. Yeah, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dodge past that and just keep uh, going on. All right, no, Morocco. no, Max, Max, just give me, give me that line again one more time. Come on. Yeah, let's, let's move off the rails. Let's keep going. Max, I'm not uh, letting you move on. We're gonna keep. I'm gonna keep going on about it until you say right, it, Max. Morocco plus four seventy five. <laughs> Max, give me the line. In Portugal, negative one. Max, producer Sean, mute this man. Yeah, mute this guy. <laughs> no, 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 no. Two thirty-five. So, no, nah, that doesn't Literally work. Odd. I'm afraid. No, Max, give me the line. Oh my gosh, no. Let's let's get it going. Let's Just talk say England. it again. Let's talk about our I'm friends not... from England really quickly. Oh no, now right. we're getting even worse. All right, no, England. No, no. Let's do it. Right, welcome to the PHNX France podcast Le again. Blues. All right, Ale, uh, England versus France happening Saturday at 12. That's going to be a great game. Some are saying this is going to be the best game out of all four. That's what I've been hearing. Well, that's because the they're English. Yes. No, um, France are going to smack them. There we go. Thanks. That's the analysis <laughs> a, done. Bye. It's a really tight game. On the on the DraftKings Sportsbook, it has England plus 200, draw plus 230, France plus 150. You're essentially saying it's a, a coin flip. I, I don't know what people have been French watching. French smack has it really been that close? Like, if you look at if you look at the results, like purely the results, maybe. But England, yeah, they have talent. But I think this is gonna. I think out of all the games, this one has potential to be a blowout. I think, like, give me a two-three goal gap for France. Like, yeah, hammer them. Really I'm just, on the I'm just wondering. Here's the thing: if yeah, but if if Mbappe or anyone, frankly, gets the French off the mark, do you not see the English conceding more? Absolutely. 
This game will have goals for sure. Like, I can see it being like I get the feeling if the French go one nil up, they're going to score three or four. And the English might have a goal in them, but I don't see the. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Historically, go ahead, Max. I was going to say the matchups, like you have Mbappe against presumably, I think if he's healthy still, right? Kyle Walker, which that'll be enticing. Then you got Dembele against what? Luke Shaw? No disrespect. Partial disrespect, like not even a man you think. I promise, Ramon. It's you not. Say no like, disrespect, you men. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. He's been carving people up all tourney. Like I, I just don't think this one is this close. Plus, you got Giroud in form, Griezmann coming back into 2018 mode. Like, I don't think it's close. It's remarkable. Yeah. We said that the French, the French were like the walking wounded going into this tournament, and here we are saying that they're yeah. just going to smack everyone. Why not? It's. <laughs> It's that easy, apparently, for the French. They're on B-team mode already, and they're still just brushing people aside. I when, mean, just imagine what chance... this team would be like if the tit side was completely healthy. Yeah, Just imagine. Yeah. yeah. The, the fact that Deschamps said, hey, I know Benzema's injured, but we're not going to call anyone else. Like, we're good. Like, that just tells you how much talent there is on this team. So Benzema, Papa, um, Conte, so many people. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, this will be the third World Cup meeting between England and France. England, you know, to your delight, Owen, has won the, <laughs> the two meetings, the last two, uh, 2-0 victory in 66 and then 3-1 in 82. But... France oh, we know how lost. those relevant those ones are. <laughs> Incredibly relevant up, to the modern day. brought up Eusebio from 1966 last show, so I'm, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, any. well, that's a different one when we're These talking very specifically about is Ronaldo the best Portuguese player to have ever played the game? And the answer mm. I'm giving is no. That's uh, relevant. Not no. the fact that England beat France with players that are all dead. Yeah, like, Eusebio playing with plumbers, man. Like, they have to go back to work. Like, and anyway uh france have only lost one of their last eight meetings with england in all competitions they last beat them um in uh, june of 2017 when france beat them three to two so that's the last time they faced off england plus 200 uh in regular time plus 230 in a draw and france plus 150 so this one will be interesting i think i think france will be yeah will be victorious in this one hang on a minute here's the question is the question more than anything i need to just get the uh no, it's not coming up there. I'm just trying to make sure here. Do we have uh, the official word on who will be airing the game in the UK? Because that's always a uh, always a question. I believe it's on ITV, if I'm not mistaken, which is don't bad. They, always or something? they don't do well. They do they do worse typically on ITV than they do when the games are on the BBC. So uh, that's a bad sign for them if if it is true. But uh, I'm still just trying to have a look for confirmation. They don't put these things anywhere particularly obvious. Um, <laughs> let's see. Yeah, it's going to be a good matchup, this this uh, this one right here. But, uh, Max, let me ask you really quickly. If we don't get a Brazil-Argentina matchup in the semifinals, is, or is, is that a bad thing for this World Cup? I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, the beauty about the World Cup is, like, World Cup, don't give an F about your matchups or your dreams or your scenarios. Like, I think that's been this one more than a lot of other ones in recent memory. Like, it doesn't care. I think that's cool. Like, listen, let's all call it what it is. I think we would all love to see a Brazil-Argentina matchup for the fanfare, and that would be amazing. But at the end of the day, it's going to be the two teams who went through, and it's hopefully going to give us the best matchup. Like, um, yeah, man, I mean, I, I, I don't know. That's all I got. Do I want that? Yeah, but it's going to be cool either way. 
Yeah, yeah. A lot of people want that matchup. They they feel like it would be one of the greatest matchups mm-hmm. uh, in World Cup history. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. So uh, just to, just to be clear here, so the the distinction, uh, the game will be on ITV. By the way, England Ooh. against France. Uh, England's record on the BBC is a sixty eight percent win percentage, but on ITV they've won just ten in twenty four. Oh, ouch! At major tournaments since uh, Euro '96, so uh, not good. Yeah, rumor has it England's going home, boys. Ooh, it's not coming home. They're going home. They're going home. Going home. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, We'll keep you updated. So uh, by the time we come back on Tuesday, you know, we can talk about what the. By the time we come back on Tuesday, even things are going to be very positive. I know one of the finals. Or very negative, and we'll we'll see how that goes. That's true. Um, and uh, speaking of DraftKings, guys, if you guys haven't downloaded the app, make sure to do so. Right now, the NBA is in full effect. If you guys saw the Suns game yesterday, I feel really bad for you because I did. I put a, a bet on it, and it did not go well. But if you guys want to make some more money uh, on on the NBA and you guys are new to, the, uh, to DraftKings, you guys can download the app. Now, use promo code PHNX, place a $5 uh, pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game, and you can get $150 in free bets if they do. And again, that's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Make sure to check out the show notes for more details. I'd just like to just, can we just quickly do the the usual, right? I just need to point out, for those of you who don't understand quite how these odds work, you know, we need to... We need to do the uh, where, where's the where's the odds? Give me a minute. The old the old the old Owen Evans explainer special. The old special, yeah, yeah. we got to do the yeah. special. Got to do the Getting special. with Owen, yes. Yeah, I'm just we with music it. there. We are. There we are. So we got it. I just wanted to tell people if they don't understand how the odds work, so here's how they work, right? So if you're looking at the people to win the World Cup, you'll see the England are on plus six hundred. So what that means is if you put a hundred dollars on England, you'll lose a hundred dollars. <laughs> it's good every time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh he's playing the hits tonight, that's for sure. He's like uh, in the hits. So we got like, Ronaldo, we got England going home. And you I don't know. What do we think about New Mexico, boys? Uh, personally, I just feel sorry for Greg Hurst and his girlfriend that they've got to move to Albuquerque. I mean, right, of all the places, Albuquerque. I went, I went there for the uh, hot air balloon festival a couple months ago. Very nice, uh, the hot air balloon festival. And well, that's the only, that's not the only hot air balloon through that city. Let me tell you that. But it's uh, that yeah, fart it, joke. No, I mean honestly, no, <laughs> no. No, hot. Okay, that's an expression. That's not a fart joke. Uh, no, just I, I feel don't like know. as soon as you leave the as soon as you leave the plane, you just feel it going downhill. Yeah, I, mean, no, like I say it, it's nice. full of hot air because it was very hyped up the city, and I was like, "What else is here?" Also, we're gonna get a lot of uh, backlash from Gerald. Gerald Nothing. working on this one as well. But uh, hey, months again? Is that is that where he's from? Gerald, nice. look, sorry, yeah. Albuquerque, no. <laughs> Sorry, Gerald. It's an yeah. Albuquerque free zone. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. That was, that was good. All right. So, uh, yeah, we had promised that we were going to talk about Owen's trip to Qatar. Uh, we want to know the deets of your trip over there. There's no Laib today. I don't know why he's not here. I know, so, right? Where is Laib? Oh, no. He's somewhere. He's somewhere. Hey, don't worry. Laib is coming. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, Charles says the girth isn't here. The but, girth, uh, yeah, girth isn't here post New Mexico slander. That's fair. That's that's very fair. Also, oh, Charles yeah, already. Got a live has come to, to join us. Got to wear it the entire time. Um, <laughs> but okay, so what I was curious to find out about your trip to Qatar, Owen, was because you know obviously Wales qualified. It had been a very long time since they qualified, but was that the key reason? Like, hey, if if you know Wales doesn't qualify, we're not going, kind of thing, or. You know how much was like on the table. You know, it was entirely because Wales qualified. Like, yes. <laughs> you've got to bear that in mind. Again, it's been so long that we knew that no matter where it was, we were going to have to try and find a way to get there when it happened. Uh, but quite frankly, look, were there a lot of positives to this World Cup? Yes, would we have gone otherwise? Absolutely not. <laughs> when did it so, kick like, in though that it, it might easy. have a chance to make it? Like obviously, the uh, I feel like, like the playoff draw was quite friendly to us okay. overall. Um, it avoided the main tough teams. I think even getting into the playoffs, you start to say, "Okay, vaguely in the running." But as soon as you start avoiding the big teams in the playoffs, there was no Italy, there was no Portugal on the route. And you look at the slate and know that the only teams between you and the World Cup are Austria. And then the winner of Scotland against Ukraine, you look at that and say, okay, that's that's winnable. That's mm-hmm. not there's a lot of teams there that yes, okay, they can beat you. They can beat you definitely, but they there's no star team that you go, oh no, we've got to play them in that mm-hmm. pack. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So you had a pretty, you know, you were hopeful basically that they were gonna make it out of that group. So Yeah, yeah. And it dragged out for a while because of events in Eastern Europe. Um, it should have all been finished in March. It was not. It dragged on until June, but yeah. So then describe yeah. like, I mean, I remember you blowing up the slack and everything when they qualified. I mean, and when, when they're going to the World Cup, I mean, that moment coupled with, hey, like it's getting closer. We're on the plane. We're heading over. Like, what did it feel like? Was it kind of surreal? Were you like, oh, wait, like I'm actually going to a World Cup? That's a bucket list for like people who aren't yeah. even like fans of this game. Yeah, it was, I, I mean, the day itself was a drunken mess um, in terms of, <laughs> in t- not, not in terms of the actual, in terms of the day we qualified, of course. Yeah. Um, when you look more broadly though, at um, I guess building up to it, look, we've been to a tournament before. It's not like it was entirely like this completely brand new feeling. Um, Euro 2016 in a lot of ways kind of filled that role. That was the one that was just surreal more than anything. The fact that Wales got there and the fact that Wales did so well at Euro 2016 as well. Um, You know, this was, that was a tournament we went into having never, most of us having ever seen Wales in a tournament. All of a sudden you're watching them in a semi-final and that was, that was bizarre. But um, look, I think it was one of those things where, there's a lot of anticipation of course there is um but at the same time just the practicality of the fact you're traveling halfway around the world gets to after a while which is you can't stay excited for that long because you're exhausted Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and then there was such a short turnaround time from arriving in qatar at night very tired uh you have a few drinks on the boat you go to bed you wake up in the morning and then it's the day of um i think that's the key thing here we landed around about the same time as the um 
opening game of the tournament was kicking off and it's the next day. So it was that first morning waking up in Qatar is the day that Wales are playing a World Cup game for the first time in 64 years. That's insane, man. So tell us about, so you, you know, from what I've heard, there were these hotels, obviously. There were these buildings, you know, and then the sand dunes. And then there was like clusters, I believe, that they were built for the World Cup. But you stayed on, you know, a, a yacht, right? Like a kind of offshore. Yeah, a yacht. It was a cruise ship. The cruise. No, don't like big it up. Like it's, it's a yacht. Like, it's a cruise home. ship. Yeah, big man. I know what it is over here. There you go. Okay. <laughs> there were yachts. That's the thing. There were these like ridiculous, super rich yachts parked up in the port alongside uh a couple of the cruise ships. So they were actually yachts there. Don't don't mix me in with those. I was not on with those with the uh people there that I'm sure have got more money than my entire deck on the cruise ship have put together. Jeez. Um but so we were on, uh, we were on like the second cruise ship. So mm-hmm. there were there were three cruise ships there. There was the MSC World Europa, that's where all the kind of biggest uh so the english uh wives and girlfriends were all on that boat and i think the feeling i got more than anything is that that boat was full of the people who of course there would have been fans fans in there as well but there were a lot of i'd put them more as like world cup tourists perhaps Mm -hmm. on that boat Mm -hmm. um and then you had the more the slightly rowdier fans were on our boat we got a noise complaint on our boat apparently from the boat next door full of the uh People with more money, and then there was another boat that they drafted in at the last minute that apparently wasn't very nice. But uh, yeah, so we weren't on that one. All that they did is took longer on the way. The bus in. What was that? Okay. Sorry. No, I was just going to ask. Was it twenty four seven party since you got there? Uh, you know, on, on the. So the the pool bar was open twenty four hours. So nice. there was drinking at all hours on that boat, and people were drinking at all hours on that boat. Um. It was it was interesting. I mean, look, we didn't stay up late. Like, okay, we'd stay up until maybe two, three in the morning drinking. Of course, stayed up later than that after the U.S. game because it was just, I guess, the relief of getting the first game out of the way and getting a point. And um, so the bar was open late there. Um, yeah, there was a lot of drinking on there. A lot of drinking going on. Um, well, the the ESPN article here says Qatar's Qatar's cruise ships turned hotels are a twenty four seven booze field party for World Cup tourists. So that's one way to to paint a picture. Because he, uh, this is by Jeff uh, Carlisle. Um, Worth noting saying, that the a lot of journalists were reaching out to people on cruise ships because they couldn't get onto them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very much managed like if anyone has ever taken an actual cruise, it was very much yep. like that, whereby you have your card, they're scanning you in and out, yep. you're going through security to get on the boat, all of that to get in. So it was quite well managed in terms of you you, know, you had to be supposed to be on that boat to get on that boat. And, and that's why I feel like we had a lot of, you know, different people would get, messages essentially anytime people were like posting videos and stuff off the boat they were getting messages from journalists trying to ask questions just because they weren't allowed on the boat yeah yeah the article here says that for 50 dollars you can get a day pass but you couldn't stay overnight yeah what it said so, yeah um i'm not sure why you'd want to in a lot of ways but you could yeah. you could i mean the well, boats were nice, I wouldn't say they were 
that is that the only place you could really drink all night as far as like the in qatar if you were in one of those uh, uh good question i'm not sure because we didn't really try drinking outside enough i'd imagine some of the hotels were probably serving drink late and all um mm. And it's not uh, as though it was cheap on the boat drinking either. Like it, it was similar heard, prices to what you were probably paying off on there. I heard fifteen dollars for a beer, like a draft beer. Does that sound That's, about right? It's roughly about right. It was fourteen or fifteen euros. So they were charging in euros on the Ooh. boat because it was a European cruise ship. But yes, at that. Um, from your stay there, who, who, what fan base you would you say was the loudest? Not you know, we'll talk about the in-game ones and then out of the games. Which ones do you feel are the most? You know the the, ah, the games. Oh, depends where you were. Mm. If you were in the spots, if you're in the souk, you're gonna find that they were just shed loads of Moroccan, Tunisian, Saudi fans. You know, banging drums around the place at all hours. Um, on the way to games, I mean, those those were making noise. It was. There were a few of us as well. I mean, Argentina obviously were in big numbers. Brazil were in big numbers. Iran were in big numbers. Um, and I mean, just at random, it felt like you were never more than about two minutes away from someone wearing some comically large sombrero and singing a hey, Chucky Lozano. Like, <laughs> genuinely everywhere, everywhere. So I, I don't know. It, it was a, it was an interesting one because I think and look, there's a lot of baggage around this World Cup that we can't really ignore because it is there, um, and so perhaps it's sad that in some ways that's the World Cup that Wales managed to qualify. Um, at the same time, I don't think we will ever, and especially with a trend towards 48 teams in a World Cup, ever see a World Cup so condensed where everything becomes that festival because you will never get 32 nations descending on one city again. It won't uh, happen for a World yeah. Cup again. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I was, I was going to ask because, you know, in, in 2026 when it's over here, you got games in Seattle, you got games in Nashville. There's no way to kind of bring everybody all the same. together. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah. That's nuts, man. What, what um, any, like specific fan experiences or anyone you bumped into like traveling to the game or outside the stadium or anything like that where like just i don't know fans were going nuts you mentioned some of the more passionate fan bases anything stick out i'm not sure anything in those senses sticks out i mean there were some hmm. See, here's the thing. A lot of the stadiums still, you were, you were traveling out. Yeah, it was packed. But if you traveled out early enough, then it wasn't too. Or a lot of the games we'd have like one game followed by another in a way that would just be keeping you away almost from the pack. The, the way the logistics worked were intriguing. It was really like, you know, we, we'd read before going there that they had at, like tripled the number of buses in the entire country. And you realized getting out of stadiums like Albite that, yes, yes, they had. Um, when you see just a sea of several hundred buses sitting there waiting, you know, for for all the talk early in the tournament, people were saying, oh, people are waiting like an hour after the stadiums. We, you would at any stadium, uh, trying to empty an entire stadium onto public transport after a major game. Oh. You just would. Um, 
but as a whole, it was very well. I mean, look, you were able to do two games in a day. You can't do that in any other World Cup. That's not no. been the case before. So it was, God, it was just such, I think, a busy week as well. It's weird. You look at it now and go, well, yeah, you did eight games. Of course it was busy. But um, <laughs> you don't really get a chance to breathe over the course of the week doing what we did. And again, you had to do it because you're never going to see a World Cup so condensed, be able to go to so many games all in such a short period of time again. But yeah, I think if you were to look back now and think about what maybe you'd change, maybe take a bit more of a breather, maybe do a little bit more time to just see some of the other stuff there um rather than it all being quite so condensed and you think that's the four game schedule that kind of messed up kind of like the logistics of that or you know i I know from what you were saying you said the first game started at one and the last game started at 10 so you're not two or three right um i think we we only did one 10 o'clock game um so yeah we got back at about two o'clock after that was the opening uh wales usa game was a 10 o'clock local time kickoff so yeah you get back at about two but it was fine i mean the metro runs until three in the morning the buses that were taking us from the metro back onto the cruise ships ran 24 hours a day um it was it's interesting because i suppose because you're traveling there and you've got the time difference getting there anyway, it doesn't really make any difference. You just mm-hmm. adjust to that. Um, what also didn't help that the sun was weird timings compared to the time zone. It was like the sun would rise before six in the morning and set before five at night. And shoot. <laughs> so everything was just weird time zone wise, but you just adjust to that. Don't you? I mean, if the yeah. games are at 10 and you're landing, and it's like a 10-hour time difference anyway versus what you were used to, then you're just going to adjust in such a way as to not be too tired when those 10 o'clock night games come around. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, before we wrap up this conversation, thank you, uh, Owen, for all your answers in regards to this. But looking ahead to 2026, you know, you now haven't experienced the World Cup. What's the tip? And what are the tips that you kind of would give to people besides the leave uh, staring into my soul? Uh, yeah, apparently they're not selling these online anymore. I think they've run out. Wow. So uh, it's yeah, a it's genuine, rare specimen of a uh, live hat here. <laughs> um, but yeah, Owen, what are your tips for uh, people in 2026? Like, as far as buying tickets or just, you know, it's obviously it's going to be different from Qatar, but what are your tips, you know, having gone through the, the World Cup experience? Oh, tips, 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 tips. Um, book early. Do not hang around expecting uh, that tickets will just be available late because you don't want to be stuck in that mad rush. You don't want to be, probably don't want to be using um, some of the retail sites that people have gotten used to using for the World Cup, for the World Cup compared to what you'd use for domestic sports here because FIFA does not look so friendly upon those. Um, and the last thing you want to do is spend several hundred dollars and, and ultimately not have tickets because FIFA have chosen to cancel them. Mm. Um, I mean, worth noting that like all the tickets I had, FIFA had my name on them. Um, mm. They all have to be handled through FIFA's ticketing app. It's, it's restrictive, but it is what it is. The other thing is that you'll 
you'll spend a lot of money on resale sites anyway if you're trying to get the kind of tickets that are available uh, normally. Um, trying to think of anything else. Just just go to as many as you can and have fun. Um, make sure to take in games other than just the big name teams. Um, you will not have as much fun going to a game between two big name countries as you will going to a game that has smaller reputation countries that will bring a much more passionate atmosphere right mm. i'm gonna be perfectly frank i'm expecting the big names to be utterly sterile in the u.s because the stadiums are too big um there's going to be far too many home fans that won't do very much in the stadiums and so they're going to be quite sterile i think but you enjoy some of the smaller ones where the fans are that bit more passionate where for many of them, it'll be the only time they'll ever see their country in the U S um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the first time they've seen him for 20 years and they'll, they'll spend everything to get there. Um, we see it in, in other tournaments in the CONCACAF gold cup, that there are some countries that just put together a fantastic atmosphere, yeah. despite sometimes having smaller numbers in those stadiums. I think those are the kind of countries you want to be looking for when the world cup comes around, go and enjoy those games. Don't get caught up in, in just the, the big stars get to enjoy the entire event because mm ultimately that that's what it's all about more than anything like it's not just the football on the pitch it's it's just the mashing of people from everywhere um and the mashing of different support styles that that really makes a difference it really makes this such a big event every four years let's go let's go, let's go. go. i really want to go to 2020 <laughs> yeah man yeah Woo. Ooh, let's go. I mean, hopefully uh, all of us three can can make the 2026 one in some capacity. And, you know, as fans or maybe working the event, that'd be, that'd be a... a R- rumor has it, rumor has it, if Budweiser remain as a sponsor, there still won't be any beer in the stadiums. Because yeah. Us um, four, there you that's go. That's right, that's right. <laughs> all right, all right, y'all. Uh, before we wrap up, we do want to shout out uh, our four, uh, four peaks. Uh, for hosting all of our uh, World Cup watch-alongs over there. If you guys haven't gotten a chance to get over there, check out their amazing food and beer. Make sure to do so. They're located over there in Tempe on 8th Street. It's a great time over there. Me and Max, we're holding down the fort when Owen was away in Qatar. And, man, we had a great, great time. So uh, if you guys weren't able to make the watch watch parties, make sure to check them out. They always have, you know, uh, sports going on over there. Great food, great beer, and an amazing atmosphere over there at Four Peaks. Oh, yeah. I have not drinking so many beers at noon on a weekday in quite a while during the last couple of weeks. So it was fantastic. Yeah. Well, I mean, for those, uh, which one was it? The Mexican Poland one? Yeah. It was like 9 a.m. I was like, yeah. Oh, gosh. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. Hey, and the breakfast they had, top tier, man. Great stuff. stuff Um, And also, uh, if you guys haven't gotten a chance to relax, you know, I know it's kind of towards the end of the week. You kind of want to kick back because that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking about the weekend already. You guys can uh, enjoy yourself uh, with some OGs. If you guys haven't purchased them, make sure to check them out on their website, OGsBrands.com. Again, my personal favorite is the tropical one. Uh, so if you guys haven't, make sure to check them out. And they're also available at your local dispensary. So um, if you guys are more of a, you know, an in-person kind of person, then you guys can check them out at your local dispensary. And remember, you must be 21 years or older to enjoy OGs. Great stuff from our friends over there. That's how you get the experience, isn't it, of being an England fan going into a tournament convinced you might actually win it. 
<laughs> oh man! Watch them, watch them, like just beat France. Uh, that's that would be insane. That would be crazy. There you go, producer Sean. He's gonna he wants to go to the World Cup as well. All right, y'all. Anything else? Yeah, I just um real quick, and we're gonna be sharing it more on future shows. But I mean, hey, if you would like to improve your golf game, just like Gareth Bale, we have the event for you. We are teaming up with no, not you, Light. We are gonna be teaming up with Dobson Ranch Golf Course for our first ever PHNX tea party on January 13th. Um, it's gonna be super fun. We're gonna be out there, beer, food, drinks, games. Laib will make an appearance. Information on not sure if he will, unfortunately. confirmed. I am there for sure. Guys, guys, can we not confirm things without having him confirmed? You're right. Well, we'll talk to his his, RP, we'll talk to his people, but yeah, yeah, pending, pending, of course, pending. Yes, uh, asterisk. Yes, if you see it on screen, you see the information there, but if you're listening on audio. If you listen on audio, you know, uh, we're going to drop the link. It's in our description. You can watch, you can check the link on YouTube. About to drop it right now in the chat, but it's going to be so, so much fun. We're going to be doing a PHNX Suns watch party as they take on the Timberwolves. Literally, it's going to be games. You get um like unlimited range balls. Plus, they're going to give you an hour of like range time for a future use. That's already a $35 value. And for our diehards, you get 20% off the tickets. So it's in the chat. Hang out with us, have fun, improve your golf game as much as you can, like Gareth Bale, and just have fun with it all. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, Michael Ted Dobson. Yeah, it's gonna be over there. It's gonna be it's actually Dobson Ranch, sir. Yes, yes, I do. Sign up, smash that link. We are put tickets are going to go fast, guys. We have 41 bays rented out. We have the whole range rented out. We're we're gonna sell out of that thing. Get your tickets now. Now. Yeah, I definitely got to practice beforehand, but yeah, it's going to be a great time. Hope to see you there. All right, y'all. Amazing show today. Thank you, Owen. Thank you, Max. As always, producer Sean for holding it down like you always do. We will be back next Tuesday, and uh, I think we're going to have one of the semi or finalists. Yeah, yeah, we will. That's oh yeah, that's crazy. I really hope all of our projections haven't just blown up in our faces. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Until then, have a great night and take care.